Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. We're now going to take a few moments to think about this passage uh, that we've heard uh, together this morning. So as we come to think about it, let's first of all just uh, spend a moment in prayer um, as we uh, come to listen to God's word and think about God's word together this morning. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you, for your word. We thank you for the way in which you bring peace into the midst of the storms. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. And Lord, we pray that we will continue to fix our eyes on you, to hear you and to know you. And so, Lord, as we come to look at your word now, we pray that you would reveal more of who you are to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm sure that all of us will have been told at some point, don't panic. I know that I've had this said to me, and I know that I have said this to other people. However, as I started to prepare this message for today, it struck me that often saying panic, or saying don't panic, is not always helpful. I know that when I've said don't panic, I've meant it to be a helpful thing to say. It's a way of saying, let's take a breath here. Don't worry and get caught up in a tailspin, we'll, we'll find a way through this. But sometimes that's not always possible. Sometimes there's just good reason to panic. If you're pl- flying a plane and all of a sudden you lo- lose all power, then to my mind, you have a good reason to panic. When you go to the doctors and you get a diagnosis or have to have some tests that could mean something that is quite serious, Uh, that you weren't expecting, you would be understandably have a reason to panic. When you unexpectedly lose your job or you're concerned for a loved one's health um, and well-being, it's only natural to panic. Those of us who are old enough will probably have images of Corporal Jones from Dad's Army who, no matter what was happening, always responded by saying, don't panic, Mr. Mannering, don't panic, don't panic. Usually, of course, he said don't panic when he was the only one who was panicking the most out of everyone else who was there. When we are facing tough times and when we reach our breaking points, panic is often a natural response. It's in these moments when we're at the end of our limits, when we see no way through and where hope is fading, where the panic can then set in. No matter how much we say, don't panic, it's not going to change the reality of what we are facing. Panic is an absence of peace. And today, as we look at this well-known passage from Mark chapter 4, we're going to look at how even when we reach our breaking point, we might pursue peace, that we might truly be able to not panic and put our trust in Jesus. Panic sets in when things are out of our control. 
And we need to recognize that we cannot always control what happens in our world. Jesus had already brought hope and broken, broken through into the lives of people who had been unable to control the circumstances that they had found themselves in. Whether it was leprosy or being unable to walk, these were all issues that everyone had had to face in their lives over a period of some time, possibly over the entirety of their lives. However, today's passage tells us of a different kind of breaking point. For the disciples on Lake Galilee, this was just another day. All was well in their world on that day. Uh, in fact, they decided to leave the crowds behind to get away for a bit of a break, as we saw in the video, to have a bit of R&R uh, &R and quiet time alone and with a nice leisurely boat trip over to the other side of the lake. But then out of nowhere, all of a sudden, they found themselves at breaking point as a storm hits, as their boat is swamped and overcome with water, and as they face the very real possibility that they might drown. This is an important lesson that we all need to recognise. Over the past few weeks, you might have been joining church as we've been talking about Jesus meeting us in our breaking points and thinking, Matt, you keep talking about breaking points, but all is well with me. All is good. I'm not feeling hopeless. I'm not feeling like my life is full of despair. All is well. So this doesn't really apply to me. Well, if that's you this morning, then I'm delighted and I celebrate uh, that with you. But please don't be lured into a false sense of security. We all face tough times in our lives and those oft times often come when we are least expecting them and least prepared to deal with them when they do come. Today, we can pursue peace but there is no guarantee that we will find it. The disciples and Jesus pursued peace. They tried to get away from the crowds and yet they just found themselves in, uh, in the midst of a storm. What was meant to be a nice relaxing journey suddenly got caught up and became a whole different thing where they were left facing their breaking points when they least expected it. We cannot control our lives. We can never fully protect ourselves from the storms of life. And so I want to encourage all of us today to be prepared. Storms will come. We will face challenges, but we need to be prepared and ready to respond when they do. And in this passage, we see two different responses to the storm as it hits. Firstly, we see how the disciples respond, and then we see how Jesus responds. And so we're gonna spend some time considering these two different reactions and then think about how we might then be able to respond as we experience the storms in our lives and, uh, and in, to get as well. So firstly, the disciples' response, well, that was to panic. The panic of this group of men is not some kind of overreaction by a group of people who don't know what they should be doing. 
Some of Jesus's disciples were experienced fishermen. So as they say to Jesus, do you not care if we drown? They were not being overly dramatic. These guys were experts of the water. They'd spent most of their lives on the Lake of Galilee. They'd seen the weather of the region. They knew how the winds could rise and whip up the lake and just how dangerous the lake could become. They may have even been in some of these risky, scary situations before. When these guys panicked, they had good reason to panic. Just saying to them, like Corporal Jones in Dad's Army, don't panic, don't panic, wasn't going to be helpful to them at all. When they thought the boat was going to sink, then they were going to drown, they were basing this on good, solid experience. So what did they do? Well, to their credit, they turned to Jesus. They woke him up and asked him how he could sleep in the midst of such danger. Don't you care if we drown, they said. However, despite Jesus, tur uh, despite turning to Jesus, after calming the storm, Jesus then turns to them and rebukes them for their lack of faith. As I thought about this, I realised that I know my response when I face the storms of life is so often like that of the disciples. When the storms come, when we reach our breaking point, we automatically so often turn to Jesus and expect him to do something. Throughout this series, we have seen the wonderful things that Jesus has done as he brought hope to the hopeless and transformed people's lives. Jesus can and does do wonderful things and this can be our story today. But Jesus is not just some kind of cosmic vending machine. He doesn't just always give us what we need in order to fix our problems. Sometimes he's just present with us. It may seem quiet, it may feel like he's asleep, but he is present, he is there, and we can know that he is with us, and if he's with us, we can trust him. There are lots of reasons that Jesus could have rebuked the disciples for their lack of faith, but could it be that in the panic of that moment, they sought to find peace, by escaping the storm rather than finding in peace with Jesus in their presence and riding out the storm with him? Could it be that they tried to find peace by escaping the storm rather than riding it out? There will be people listening to this message today who have been facing the storms of life for longer than you care to remember. You will be, you, I'm sure you will have been praying to God and that he would lift you out of this storm and I join you in that prayer. But if that prayer seems unanswered, if the storms continue to rage around you, please know that Jesus is present with you. And if Jesus is with you, you need not panic. You can place your trust in him. So whilst the disciples panicked, Jesus slept and rested. I love this sentence of detail in Mark uh, I, that Mark tells us in verse 38. 
as the disciples are all caught up in a panic and trying to throw water back over the boat in and save the ship or the boat from going down Jesus is in the stern of the boat asleep but not only is he asleep he's asleep on a nice comfy cushion the boat may be sinking but Jesus is settled in the water might be soaking and overcoming the boat, but Jesus is nice and comfy and on his cushion. Even in the midst of a violent, terrifying storm, in one sentence, we still see a picture of peace and tranquility with Jesus. So the question is, how could Jesus possibly be so calm? Well, the easy answer is that he's Jesus. Not only is he subject to his own human emotions and frailties like needing to sleep on a nice comfy cushion, but he is also God. And so of course he can stay calm in the storm because in any moment he can stand up and say be still and he, will not, he knows that the wind and the waves will obey him and the storm will be stopped in its tracks. The simple answer is a good one. But there are two specific things that we can learn uh, from Jesus um, that might help us to keep calm in the midst of the storms that we face too. And firstly, we've said this throughout this series, we see Jesus has authority. And when we see Jesus's authority, we too can find peace. Jesus could rest easily and confidently because no matter how bleak and how hopeless things might look, no storm was, great, was greater or more powerful than he was. And he knew that. When we grasp the authority of Jesus and that the authority of Jesus has been given to us as his disciples, we can see that he can tell the wind and the waves to be quiet and, and we can have that same confidence and trust in his authority as well. And as we experience this, we will get a sense of peace and comfort that we will never have when we just rely on our own strengths and our own abilities to see us through. I remember when we moved here to Cambridge, I was dreading the process of moving. Up until that point, I'd always moved myself by chucking all my stuff in the back of my car and it always was a real faff and hassle and took ages and loads of effort. And this time, uh, and so I was dreading moving, but this time, not only had I got married, but we'd also got loads of extra furniture and uh, a child had come along as well. And so I was dreading the process of trying to move house especially if we were going to have to do a lot of it on our own. Thankfully, common sense kicked in and we had some help uh, or some movers to come and help us move. And they made it all look so easy because they were the experts. They had the authority and the expertise to, and the power required to move house. Whilst literally I sat down and didn't do a lot and sat and watched TV and looked after Toby. We don't have to face the storms of life in our own strength. When we have the authority of Jesus with us, things that can otherwise terrify us can be transformed in, and instead of panicking, we can find peace that enables us to rest. 
we find rest not in our own strength but in the strength and the authority of our God as we relinquish our control he can take over that we might rest not only did Jesus know his own authority and strength and power that he had at his disposal but he also knew his purpose Jesus knew that he had come to the earth for a reason and uh, and to die in a boat in tragedy was not that purpose in John's gospel we hear as Jesus approaches Jerusalem for the final time we hear him tell his disciples that now the time has come Jesus knew that he had come to earth with a purpose and a plan and yet yes he would die as a part of that but this was not the time on the lake of Galilee instead his death would be on a cross and his death would not would be a solution to hopelessness rather than a result of it Jesus knew that his death would be a solution to all the things that were wrong with the world not the result of an unexpected storm in his life and so confident of his purpose, confident of God's plan, Jesus knew that God was not going to let his plan be thwarted by some wind and some waves. The Bible is clear. God not only loves us, but he has a purpose for us, a plan for us. Throughout the Bible, God gives us as his people a purpose whether it's to look after and care for the world, whether it's to be a blessing to the people around us, or whether it's to go throughout the world telling all the people of the good news of Jesus, we all have a purpose and we all have a part to play in God's plan. When we are facing challenges and storms of life, when we reach our breaking points, can I encourage us all to not just pray for a solution to that immediate problem, but can I encourage you to pray that God, I know that you have a plan for my life. I want to be faithful to you in this moment. Show me how I might re remain true to your plan. If we can pray that prayer, I assure you that God will transform the panic uh, of the storms of, the, of life that you will face. And in the midst of them, he will give you peace as you focus not on the immediate circumstances, but on the overall plan of God for your life. So as we pursue peace, and when we find ourselves at breaking point, the question is, how can we respond? Well, simply, I want to encourage us all to fix our eyes on Jesus and to follow his lead and his example. The disciples' reaction could not have been more different from Jesus. Ultimately, we are called to follow Jesus's example, to learn from him, to go where he goes. And so we only really need to panic when Jesus is panicked. And I can assure you that he will never be panicked by anything in this world. In Jesus, we find true and lasting peace. 
And we have, as we've celebrated time and time again over the last few weeks, we can know that Jesus has won the victory. The power of death and sin has been defeated. And as we stand in the light of the victory of Jesus, we can find true and lasting peace, no matter what we face in this world. So today, let's once again look to Jesus. May we see his authority. May we see that he is present with us, even when all hope seems to be gone. And may we follow his example. May we put our trust in him, that in Jesus we might find peace. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that for Jesus and for the confidence that we can have as we look to him. Lord, we pray for those people in this moment who are in the midst of a storm, whoever they've been facing it for some time or whether something has sprung up unexpectedly this week. Lord, we pray that they would know your peace in the, in the heat and the, and the worry of this moment. Lord God, we thank you that you have the power and the ability to transform situations, but also you, have, you are willing to be present with us in the midst of the storm. And with you in that storm, we can know that you will not let us down. So Lord, may we once again fix our eyes on you. May we not get caught up in panicking on our own abilities and our own, our own way of coping in all that we face in this life. But may we look to you. May we be reminded of your strength, of your authority and of your plan and purpose for each of our lives. And Lord, may we continue, no matter what we face, to continue to step out into all that you have in store for us as part of that great and wonderful plan. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.